welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome, and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show with your host, the business coach, Mac Atram. And today I have the absolute pleasure to be in conversation with Chris Miles all the way from Connecticut, USA. So, Chris, hey, thank you for jumping onto uh, this show with us here. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for having me on, Mac. This is going to be exciting. I'm ready to go. You know, you have a very interesting um, story in terms of how you got going as an entrepreneur, and you know what happened, especially with your wife and uh, and 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 her sitting you down and say, "Hey, this is what's happened. We're having a baby." Say, <laughs> so, listen, I want to get straight into it here. Yeah, you know, yeah, one for sure. Thing you won't know about Chris is that Chris is a big one when it comes to creating financial freedom, when it comes to creating passive income streams, which you can sit alongside your business. Some people call call it a side hustle, but I call it, you know, you creating life on your terms and not having to be stuck in your business, not having to be stuck in a job if that's what you're in. So I want to get deep into this with Chris to say, hey, how does people, how does a business owner, how does an entrepreneur turn their business into something that can be passive income? Or if they don't like that business, how do they create a side business which they can turn in which they're passionate about which can turn into freedom for them later on so chris i want to start off with asking you how did you just start as an entrepreneur what happened yeah no man that's a great question (laughs) because um Man, I've always been kind of the serial entrepreneur i've always been doing something but none of it really did enough to where or made enough money to where it justified me continuing to work on it you know it was just always a little side thing i did here a little side thing i did there um i remember even when i was like a kid like around maybe eight years old i would get like a a fundraiser or something at school and we would like sell candy and i actually go door to door in my neighborhood trying to you know sell the candy but maybe the candy was like you know, two dollars or whatever, but I'd go around selling it for four. You know, wow. being able to keep the backup. Now, granted, I don't know how ethical that was at the time, but I think it was. Yeah, you know, I was able to figure that out at eight years old. You know, that to try to make your time more worth it. You know, and uh, trying to uh, really just jump into this whole entrepreneur thing. I've bought and sold computers online. I've bought and sold uh, clothes online. I used to buy, um, trying to flip. You know, computers and flip. Uh, uh, phones and iPhones and everything. It was a whole mess, mess of stuff. I even moonlit as a DJ, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> for like as a wedding DJ for quite a while. I still do it every now and then, but still, I've always done something, but a lot of it never really uh, generated enough money for me to continue doing it full time, right? So uh, when things kind of started happening with um, the family, you know, it was my wife and I at the very beginning, but when we found out that we were going to have our first son, um, some things needed to change. And uh, my wife expressed that she wanted to stay home with, with him. So that was my motivation right there to really uh, uh, change, you know, not just these side hustles, but actually turn them you know, with the goal of turning them into the primary hustle. So I think that's really what the 
the switch was in my mind, Mac, because I realized that, okay, I need to treat this like a real business. And by doing so, uh, I didn't take shortcuts and I didn't, you know, look at a situation. And if I looked at it as a side hustle, I, well, maybe I wouldn't worry about it too much. But because I knew this had to work, I made sure I did it and kept it on the up and up the entire time. And right. uh, I think that change in motivation, um, having that good why, you know, everyone talks about you have to have a good why, but you know, it, it's true. Having a good why and reason why you're doing these kinds of things will give you the motivation that you need to keep pushing, even when things don't work out the way that you planned originally. Wow. Wow. Great story there. So let me, let me hear what you're saying here. So just rewind a little bit. So yeah. At a time when your wife was pregnant with your first child uh, and, she, you know, you had that conversation, she's quitting the job, she's going to be at home full time with, with the first child. You didn't, then decided that, hey, look, I've got to get serious on this and focus and concentrate and make this thing work. Did you have a job at the same time or was it just these hustles that, you know, you was doing to, to bring money in? No, nah, that's a good question. I had... A job. I've had a job since I was 16 years old. You know, I've always had something um, going on on top of another side hustle. So I was always right. juggling like multiple things at one time. But no, I had a nice corporate gig at one of the big four consulting firms in the world. And um, I was working in one of their uh, offices downtown here in, in Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, I mean, I was there for like three years and it was nice, but man, it was kind of soul sucking because it required me to be uh, on call a lot. I was uh, traveling, um, was gone away from home 12, 15 hours a day. And uh, that just wasn't the ideal life that I wanted. And I had started kind of, I stumbled across this whole blogging and affiliate marketing thing. And when I saw the types of lives those guys were leading, I was like, oh, well, you mean you can make money online? I didn't even realize that that was a thing, you know? Um, okay. I didn't realize that, you know, going to eBay and selling stuff could, was considered making money online. But, I mean, what I was doing with the blogging and affiliate marketing to where I didn't have to touch it as much, that was really uh, uh, insightful for me. And I decided to dive into it deeper. So I had to juggle the, the, the job for sure, but the motivation was there. So even if it took me 24 hours, I was going to figure it out. <laughs> and you finally figured it out. And so you're... Um, the passive income you created was through blogging and affiliate marketing, right? Yes. Good. And so for those who don't know what blogging is, I know what it is, but certainly touch on that very quickly. I know you just skimmed on it about, you know, um, buying, buying and selling stuff through eBay with it as well. And also affiliate marketing. Talk about those two things so people can get clarity on that. Yeah. So um, blogging is essentially, you know, when you go to Google and you yeah. Google a question, um, when you get that answer, nine times out of 10, that came from a blog. You may not even realize it, but typically that's where the answers are coming from. Even if Google will take the answer and put it right there so that you can read it the second that you Google it, Google got that from a blog, you know, from another website that talked about that particular subject. So what a blog is, um, a lot of times people will look at blogs and think of, you know, maybe writing about what you ate yesterday and you went to the gym yesterday. <laughs> that kind of blogging died like 15 years ago. You know, oh. the type of blogging we do nowadays is the kind that answers common questions uh, on topics within, you know, whatever space you decide to jump in. We call that a niche over on this side of the pond. And y'all call it a niche, you know. You, so, got it. you got it, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends on the topic that you would like to write content right. on. So, for example, I have a golf site. So I answer common questions on golf. And because of that, people who are interested in golf find 
that website. And when they find that website, there's an old marketing term that says, you know, if you if you have people, there's money to be made. So I have a steady stream of people who are interested in golf landing on my website. And at that point, I could promote affiliate offers. I can promote my own products if I wanted to get them to join an email list so I can market to them further in the future, you know, things like that, that can help you uh, monetize the audience that you've already drawn from your blog. Okay. Let me pause there before we go into the affiliate side. So for those listening in right now, and I've done this as well in terms of writing things, writing our website, writing copy, writing landing pages, writing um, answers to commonly held uh, asked questions where Google picks it up. So if you have a business right now, which most of you I know have, you've got to think about what is the common questions that people are asking? Your ideal clients, your niche, what are they asking? And if you can start creating content or or writing articles or writing your website to reflect that or writing the blogs on that website, it can be picked up through uh, by Google and position and drive traffic to you. Um, so I just wanted to really address that. Now we've got that. Now talk us about talk to us about affiliate marketing. Then, yeah. So um, the way that affiliate marketing works, and I try to put it in like you know a business perspective, right? Yeah. Because you have an audience of people who are interested in a particular subject. You know, so you mentioned you know writing content, writing articles that maybe answer common questions in your space. So if you happen to be like a local plumber or something, right? And uh, you're you're working on someone's toilet. And maybe someone asked you a question about how to fix their toilet. In theory, you could write an article that that you know that that answers that question and then post it on Google. Right. And then instead of having to always answer the question the same question over and over and over again, you just direct people to your website so that they can look at it there. Now, as people are uh, being funneled to your website from Google, yeah. then uh, you can market to them. So if you have a business, you can uh, try to get their email address, try to get their contact information, jump on the phone with them to try to get new clients or something of that nature. And it's a great way because, again, from a business perspective, you're able to bring people in essentially for free. You know, you don't have to pay for those types of leads. You don't mm. have to give Mr. Zuckerberg and Facebook and Instagram all of this money to try to get you a lead into your front door because when you create the content online, it can rank for years, getting you links for, not links, but getting you leads for years and years just from creating the content one time usually. So when you have that audience onto your site, there's a few things that you can do, not just get them to become a new lead, so not because not everyone who lands on your site is going to become a lead. So another way that you can monetize them is through something called affiliate marketing. So just using the plumber example again, as we go on, let's just say you like this, you have a favorite wrench that you use when you're fixing your the, the toilet or you're fixing under the sink or something like that, right? Yeah. So when you go there, uh, you have a favorite print wrench and you say, hey, I love this wrench so much. I think you should buy it also. So then you provide what's called an affiliate link in that article. People will click on that link. And if they go through and buy the wrench based on your recommendation, then you get uh, money for that sale. You get a certain percentage of whatever they spent to make that money. So at that point, you just got to partner with other companies that will basically pay you to be a salesman for them without having to really bring you on as a quote unquote employee, right? You're just basically a a contract salesperson for them by just referring traffic to them from your website. So that's how affiliate marketing works. Awesome. Excellent. Well explained. Now, for the business owner listening in thinking, well, I've got my business. I don't want to be an affiliate marketer. Uh, I like this blogging thing. It makes sense. 
I want you to flip affiliate marketing on, on, on its head to say, okay, I'm the business owner. Can I create an army of affiliates who do what Chris said and actually push my stuff if I give them affiliate links? <laughs> Mac, that's, that's, that's next level, man. I don't know if you realize that. That's next level. So uh, yeah, that's exactly what you can do. So if you have a brand, you have um, a product in which you sell, maybe it's you know consulting or you know whatever you happen to be doing, um, you can actually have other people do the marketing for you and they will be your affiliates. And then you pay them a commission based on if they bring in a sale. And that's the best part about affiliate marketing. You only have to pay someone if they bring you in a right. sale. If um, they if they send you a whole bunch of traffic and a whole bunch of clicks and nobody buys anything, you don't have to worry about paying their vacation for two weeks. You don't have to worry about paying you know, uh, uh, benefits to them or anything. They're just a contract employee for the most part. Um, so now, usually you do have to pay these guys, you know, or guys and gals. You do have to pay them. You don't have to, um, you know, if you have a product that's five thousand dollars, you know, mm -hmm. you have a profit margin that's in that five thousand dollars. So you need to take some of that profit margin out and give it to your affiliates. A good thing that I like to tell to clients that I have, um, that I work with, is how much does it cost you to acquire a new customer? Right. You know, you should be able to know that, you know, with with your business. So if it costs you you know, maybe, you know, 20, uh, 200 bucks to get a, a brand new customer, then that might be where you would want to start with an affiliate. Hey, I'll pay you $200 every time you get me a lead and I, or not a lead, but a sale that I didn't have to work for, you know? And then if someone uh, consistently sends you some pretty good leads that turns into sales pretty consistently, then you might be able to negotiate with them. Say, hey, I see on your website, you're, you know, you're promoting my stuff. Why don't you put my stuff number one? Make it the first article on your front page and we'll bump up your commission to $300 a sale or something like that. Right. And now you're going to get more and more leads into your business that are more likely to turn into sales because you're just paying for marketing a different kind of way. So uh, affiliate marketing is great for someone who's just getting into the business because they don't have to own their product. They can just partner with a bigger company and then sell theirs. But then as the business owner, you can have an affiliate program, attract people who are affiliates, especially people who know what they're doing. And then you can um, have them sell your product and only have to pay them if they make a sale. Right. What Chris has just shared with you, and if you were paying attention is you can have an army of salespeople who you don't have to pay. They will promote your stuff. And when people click their link, which directs them back to your page or wherever it is, they get, that's all tracked, they get paid. So you're paying them commissions on, you, you'd have paid that in some kind of advertising anyway to acquire a new client. So I love that. And we've used that, I've used that in my businesses for years having people promote and sell my stuff to their audiences and people come to our boot camps or buy our coaching because it makes sense. And often these people have been to our programs so they get it. So if you're in, a, in business right now, you have an, uh, an army of raving fans, followers, you can, try, you can use this technique and say, hey, would you like to partner with us and set up the affiliate yeah. link? Now, the next step to that, Chris, is this. Someone says, well, I don't know how to get started on this. Is there, um, what's the first step if from the business owner's point of view, which says, I want to get an army of affiliates or from the other side, which says, I want to get into business. I don't have a product or a service to sell. I want to be an affiliate marketer. So can you, can you hit both sides for us? Yeah, for sure. So if you're the business owner and you're looking for people to be affiliates of yours, 
there are places that you can go and you've already mentioned one Mac with reaching out to your fans. You know, sometimes that's one of the better ways to do it because uh, a referral from a friend goes a long way. You know, if I have no idea, no direction of where I want to go, but a friend of mine says, Oh, you need to try this. Mm. I'm probably going to try that. Right. So uh, reach out to your fans and say, Hey, we're doing something special. We're looking to, you don't even have to call it affiliate marketing. You can say, if you can refer someone, just tell one friend or something like that. And uh, if they are able to reach out to a friend of theirs and just recommend it and say, Hey, if you do it, we'll give you, you know, X amount of dollars for, for doing that. Especially if they become a sale, if you know how much a lead is worth to you, you can get even a little more granular with it and say, Hey, we'll give you 20 bucks every time you refer somebody to us, because chances are one of those people are going to turn into a sale for you later down the road. So it really just depends on how granular you want to get with it. Um, another way is to not just necessarily reach out to uh, uh, to bloggers. You can actually expand that as a business owner by uh, looking at people on YouTube, looking at podcasts, looking at other places like this that already is in front of the audience that you want to get in front of and doing stuff like this, you know, doing podcasts. Um, and showing up on other people's podcasts or just reaching out to them saying, hey, if people come through your um, your podcast and they, you know, click on what we could call it a content upgrade in the industry, where basically you go from, yeah, someone listens to your podcast. I was on the episode. They click on my stuff because you referred them because they're a listener of yours. You can get a commission for that sale as an affiliate marketer. And then, you know, I would actually, as the business owner, I'm able to get that new lead. I'm able to get that new sale or whatever just from appearing on your podcast. So uh, collaborations with people in your industry as well is another great way that you can get affiliates onto your, like you mentioned, a whole little army of people who are promoting your stuff. That way you can make it more passive, you know, because other people's podcasts, other people's YouTube channels and blogs, they're out there and they exist even when you're snoozing in the bed, you know? So right. that's that's really the base, best part about it. Now, from an affiliate standpoint, to answer your second question, to become an affiliate marketer, the number one thing you need to do is pick a topic that you enjoy and like to create content on, whether it's uh, blogging, YouTube, podcast, whatever, find something that you like doing and just consistently do it. And then reach out to brands that are in that niche. I like to tell people, first off, what things are you buying? Reach out to those manufacturers, reach out to those brands and see if they will bring you on as an affiliate. 99.9% .9 of companies on the internet has an affiliate program. All you need to do is go to their website, scroll down to the bottom and look for something that says affiliate program or partner program or something like that. And nine times out of 10, you can get, you know, it's, it's, it should be free, by the way, you shouldn't have to pay for that, <laughs> but it should be free. You sign up, they give you a special link. And then however, whatever medium you're using to contact your audience, you can put that link in front of your audience and make some commissions. There you go. You heard it very succinctly put and to the point. Now I want to step it up a gear to say, look, We've got listeners here who are working in their business, but also interested in passive income, and they want financial freedom. And you, I know you've created that for yourself and your wife. Now, any hints, any tips, any ideas, any suggestions you can give people listening, thinking, well, I'm running my business, but I still want financial freedom. And I know yeah. I can talk people this as well. You can create financial freedom through your present business, the business you have by systemizing it, automating it, putting the right team in place. Uh, so do you want to touch on that? Uh, what can someone do? What can an entrepreneur do listening in to create financial freedom in their life? Yeah, I would definitely have to say it's all about investing and making sure that you invest in the correct things, right? Um, you can invest in your business. That's perfectly fine, you know, but uh, by creating 
assets that generate revenue, they can be bought and sold. You know, you can buy and sell businesses. You can buy and sell blogs. That's actually how I've been, been able to make um, a lot of my money was from buying and selling uh, uh, niche websites, you know. So um, and what I do with those niche websites, to go to your point about the passive nature of it, is um, I'll start with the site myself. And then after a while, I'll hire some writers. And now the writers are writing the articles for me. And then after a while, I'll hire an editor. So now the editor is managing the writers. And then I'm just kind of, you know, the figurehead CEO of the, of the business. Freedom. And then and that's what the, and that's where the freedom lies is uh, understanding the idea of outsourcing. If you learn outsourcing well enough and understand, you know, think about the whole four hour work week type thing, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you use that to the idea of, OK, my time is better spent doing this versus doing that. That's one of the hardest things to do. I'll be honest. Um, it probably took me, especially as a business owner, we're we're pretty much control freaks, right? We we like to control everything we can. But the second that I realized that um I could pay someone X amount of dollars to do something and I can concentrate on something else that either is gonna make me more money or buy back my time, that went a long way. I wish I had hired my first VA a lot sooner than I actually did because I was able to get my time back. And that's really what creates the passive nature of this because once you're high enough on that chain and the business is just kind of humming and it just kind of requires you to come in and make a couple of, you know, big uh, vision changes every now and then, then that gives you time to work on another stream and another stream of income and another one. And then once you have, you know, five to seven of those, that's typically all you need in order to get some real decent freedom within your life. Wow. 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 Listen, it's it's <laughs> golden nuggets you've been sharing here. Chris, um, in a moment, I want you to tell people how they can reach you, um, learn from you or, you know, get involved in what you're doing. Uh, you're listening to the Business Success Show with Mac Atram. Remember to like, remember to share, remember to follow or subscribe, depending on which channel you're in. And also make some comments. Make some comments now. What are you learning from Chris? What is it he is coming out with that you think, oh, this is useful? Make some comments. Remember to like and share as well. So, Chris, how do people, um, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a podcast myself, you know, so the Blogger Evolution podcast. So be sure to subscribe there or you can go to uh, bloggerevolution.com and uh, there you can reach out to me. We can we can talk. We can chat. I'll show you how um, if you're interested, you know, I can show you how I'm able to do the things that I do with niche websites or niche websites and uh, how you can build those to the point to where they're pretty passive and then you can buy and sell them. It's a good, great industry to be in, in my opinion. And it's one that not a lot of people talk about. So I try not to tell everybody, but it's fun. <laughs> it's really cool uh, to, to right, get into. So, yeah, it's the first time yeah. I've heard about blogging from that respect, and uh, it seems like you're doing very well on that. Now, on the other side there, Chris, how is creating that kind of business, which you have automated, systemized, put the right teams in place to, you know, like you said, the blogger, blog writer to the editor who's looking after that gives you a lot of freedom. So how is creating these passive income streams affected your lifestyle? Oh, man, I can't tell you 100%. Um, okay, when I was working a regular nine to five, you know, a regular nine to five isn't really ever just nine to five, right? It's like uh, right. eight to six, or for me, it was like 730 to seven. Whenever they and, need you. <laughs> yeah, whenever they need you, right? I was on call. So like there was times where, uh, you know, it'll be 11, 12 o'clock at night. And then I would get, you know, a message that something was down at the office. And, 
it needs to be up before everyone gets to work at eight o'clock, you know? So, man, that was, um, that was some annoying times <laughs> for sure. Just but, uh, yeah. So back in 2018, 2019 or so, um, the business that I had, you know, with this blogging stuff really started to kind of blow up and I was like, Oh, this is great. And I took the opportunity to quit. You know, I figured my son was like, maybe, maybe one at the time. And I was missing out on things in his life. Mm. And uh, I mean, just, just a quick thing. I remember one time he had a, a word that he'd said that I had never heard him say before. Oh. So after I had been gone, like all day long, I come home, he says it when I play with him for like the 30 minutes before I had to put him to bed. But um, I remember being super excited that he said this word. I ran over to my wife and I picked him up and I got him to say it again. And she was like, oh yeah, that's amazing. You've been <laughs> saying that for about a week now. I was like, Oh gosh. And that really hurt. Right. Cause yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm missing him grow up. So I kind of, you know, I like to fear regret more than I fear mm -hmm. failure. So I was like, you know what, let's just go ahead and quit. Give it a try. The worst case I could just get another job, you know, and that's the way that I looked at it. And thankfully that's been about what, four years now and we're, we're still going strong and hopefully we can keep it up. He just, he's about to turn six now, which is already crazy. my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Insane. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing. We thank God that you're there. You're able to spend time with your wife and your child. And um, because of what you've created, kind of entrepreneurial systems you've put in place. Well done, you. Um, any last words you want to say before we conclude this particular show? Yeah, I would definitely say uh, learn to outsource as fast as you can. So if you can get into the, the point of creating, you know, uh, SOPs or standard operating procedures where someone can swoop in have the idea that you might sell your business at some point, even mm -hmm. if you probably won't do it. If you have the idea that you might sell it in the future, you're going to treat it differently. You're going to set it in a position to where someone literally could slide in and then keep the business rolling, which will allow you to either take that exit and keep the cash or uh, be able to kind of remove yourself from that business and have it running without you being there. There you go, Chris. Excellent. You've been listening to the Business Success Show, where we bring you real entrepreneurs doing real things and creating success. So thank you for tuning in. Remember to like, smash that like button, follow, subscribe wherever you need to, and make comments as well so I know you are there. On that note, Chris, I want to say thank you very much for coming in and sharing these golden nuggets with us at the Business Success Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks so much, Mac, for having me on. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Absolutely. See you next time. Thank you, Chris.